Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, today I will apologize. I have a very scratchy voice, to say the least. Uh, last week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I did a four-day seminar. Uh, followed each day by extreme networking and partying, and which meant I was speaking constantly for 12 to 15 hours a day for four days straight, and there's not much left of my voice. I have tried to lay off for the last couple of days uh, just to let it recover. What you're getting is uh, latent recovery here, I guess is what I'll call it. But the bottom line is, is that I had to get on today because uh, since that four days of speaking, I've received hundreds of emails and texts thanking me for the material. And because I had such an overwhelming uh, response to this talk for four days, I felt I better, probably, should, uh, moralistically, <laughs> you know, was required to bring that same talk to the radio. Uh, since so many of you listen to me and that's how you get some of if not much of your information about what's going on out there. So I thought I'd bring it today and share it with you and try to um, kind of clarify what the yin and the yang of this thing. And I say yin and the yang, whenever there's a market move and it's a radical, drastic market move like we have right now, you're going to find that some people are going to get massively rich. Uh, what I went there to talk about, that's the first and largest point is that some people are going to get massively rich. On the other hand, when the market moves radically, people that have been doing business in a fashion or manner that is contrary to the way the market moved are going to get hurt. And in this particular case, it's something that parallels along the lines of when the harbor is empty, you know, when the harbor is full, all boats float. We've all heard that statement. The other, the corollary to that is when the harbor is empty, you find all the dead bodies. In other words, all the deals that never should have been done are popping up now. They're starting to spring out of nowhere. You're seeing people losing money. And uh, that's sad. Remember, if you take my educational program, and I just gave it this weekend, again, just to get out there and touch base with people again and make sure that the, the ideals that have been perpetuated for 34 years were perpetu or being perpetuated. I think many of them have been lost, but I wanted to make sure they were clear again. And so it went there. Rule number one is don't lose money. And so if you're in a situation where you're looking at a very risky investment and you're thinking, well, I need an investment, but this one seems risky, my answer is always rule one, never lose money. So I never take the risky investment. In fact, I was talking about how great the market is right now to the group, and I was talking about how there was seven different deals that I wanted, and I wanted to contract on four of the seven deals. And uh, quite honestly, I think I'm going to be contacting a broker today and saying one of the seven, or one of the four that I went into contract on, I'm, after doing due diligence, I just don't think it's ready. I don't think that the deal was right. And um, there's many reasons for that, which I won't get into because I've signed um, 
oh, privacy clause, whatever they're called. And um, the bottom line is, so I'm not going to get into my particular deal because I had to sign con- oh, confidentiality. That's a confidentiality agreement in the contracts. But the bottom line is, I'm after doing due diligence, the thing doesn't make sense, or it doesn't make sense for me, put it that way. And, uh, you know, that's because rule one is don't lose money. And don't lose money means don't take risks that are um, abnormally high. And that's what I really found in this particular deal is that the risks were abnormally high. Now, I could have come back and said to the person, you know, these risks are abnormally high. I need to have a better price on the deal to make and or change the ratio between risk and, um, you know, gain. But in this particular case, um, I don't think that the seller's interested because I don't think the seller actually has any personal insight or perception to the, the risk that's being anointed by this particular deal. So, so much for my deal, that's not relevant. What's relevant is, is that there's a situation right now going on in the market where because of interest rates increasing radically, um, that the cap rates, which is the rate of return you'd earn on a deal if it wasn't financed, have gone way up, which means the price of these properties are going down. And really what I want you to understand, first of all, is this this so-called radical change. It's simply the Fed getting the market back to normal. Over the last three years, the marketplace has been abnormal. It's been ridiculous. The prices people were willing to pay because money was so cheap that they said, you know, if we can buy the money this cheap, it doesn't matter if the deal even makes sense. We'll buy it anyway. And people were overpaying by anywhere from 25 to 50% on everything they were buying for the last three years. Now, when I say everything they were buying, I'm talking about the 10 or 20% of the people that were doing this crazy stuff. The other 80% of real estate investors are people like me and other members that I have that are my friends are sitting here going, there's no problem. We don't have any problem. Our deals are doing great because the difference in this problem, people, is not that real estate itself has a problem. My properties are full, and not full, by the way. My properties are 96 to 97% occupied. My properties cash flow just fine. It's not the operations of the properties that are problematic. Now, some people in the South have had, along the Gulf Coast, have had extremely high insurance renewals, which would add to problems for them. Uh, Other people across the board, because they're buying properties and paying way too much, are finding that the tax increases are radical. So why does that happen? Well, you got a taxing authority that wants, wants and needs or desires to tax you as much as they possibly can. And it's taxing you on a property that's worth $5 million, and all of a sudden you sell it, and somebody buys it for $20 million. They see an opportunity to quadruple their taxes. And people are going, well, they'll never do that. Well, in the past, they never did because people weren't buying stuff at ridiculous prices. Uh, they'd go up, you know, the price might go up 10% a year for 10 years. But now prices were going up double in one, two, or three years. And so the taxing authority said, you know what? Forget that. We're just going to start taxing people at these new higher rates. And so people were getting hammered with massive, massive tax increases. Uh, there's been, there was an inordinate amount of hurricanes and tornadoes. So the insurance companies are raising their rates to offset all the, um, losses they've sustained, uh, which is really just paying out the claims that occurred. So those two things added to challenges, but 
during that same time, rents supposedly were going up 10, 15 percent. Uh, double digit rent increases, according across the board, is what the real estate brokers were telling you. It's what the real estate mortgage brokers were telling you, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it turns out that these things were all lies and that the real estate brokers out there were lying to you and the real estate mortgage brokers, some of which were out there lying to you. And all of a sudden, there's this disaster of people losing their life savings in real estate deals. There's one other factor. Guy sent me an article. It's uh, from the Market Insider. And the headline is, Warren Buffett's company has built a record $157 billion cash pile so he can capitalize when the economy tanks, veteran professor Steve Hankey says. So, Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway have built a record $157 billion in cash and treasuries. Buffett is gearing up to snag bargains and strike deals once the economy weakens. He goes on and says, the investor's famous, the investor famously capitalizes on crisis and the benef- and benefits from higher rates. So here we are, crisis where everybody else is falling apart, high, high, high interest rates that so nobody can afford to buy anything as these things fall into the doldrums of value. It says Warren Buffett has a mass record amount, so he's ready to scoop up bargains and strike attractive deals when the American economy descends into turmoil. So what this Steve Hankey guy is saying is the people in the know realize the the economy's about to tank. The stock market's about to tank. I heard that the other day. Somebody came up to me and said they read an article about the stock market about to tank. But the whole economy is going to tank. And, of course, real estate will be no different. Now, I know real estate's going to tank for even a different reason. And that is the next article I'm going to go into. So I won't, you know, mix the two articles yet. Let's just stick with this point. If the economy is going to go into recession, and where should you be? You should be ready to start looking for these type of deals that they're talking about, which are, you know, these deals that are being torn apart by this uh, tumultuous marketplace. He goes on and says, the famed investor of Berkshire Hathaway held an unprecedented $157 billion in cash, treasury bills, and other liquid assets at the end of September, nearly $50 billion increase, nearly a $50 billion increase in 12 months. I thought that was rather interesting. I myself have done the same thing. I've got a massive amount, and I've told, told people, you know, Dell, why do you have, you know, 30 different savings accounts? Because I've got a lot of cash that is poised and ready to jump on these deals. And I've been waiting. I've been saving. I've been, you know, setting dry powder aside to be ready for when this happens, because I've been calling this crash for the last two years. Three years ago, I warned that adjustable rate interest rates could be a really risky thing to get into in the future with the market as high as it is. Two years ago, I said, don't do them. And one year ago, I said, you're insane if you do them. And now people are stuck in them, right? But those people that are stuck in those deals, which is really the next, oh, there I am, I'm in the next article. Those people that are in those deals are going to lose everything they invested, or a very high percentage. When those deals fall back onto the marketplace destroyed, the people with dry powder, like Warren Buffett here, are going to leap on these things and buy as much as they can. Um, It it goes on and says, um, the company stockpile grew in part because Buffett and his team sold $5 billion of stocks on a net basis last quarter. They're now offloading a net $44 billion of stocks over the next four quarters. Listen to that, folks. 
Warren Buffett is getting out of the stock market to the tune of $44 billion and already has done $5 billion. If you've got your money in the stock market and you read that and Warren Buffett's the smartest investor in the world, what are you going to do? You're going to keep it in your 401k and not take it out because you don't know what to do with it. You know, and or you've got money in the stock market, you don't know what to do. So there you go. Two things are going to happen. One, you're going to lose a lot of your money you already have. And two, you're not going to get in and have or have any liquid funds to be able to buy when this thing turns around. He goes on and says that the, the Fed is putting the money supply in a nosedive, the likes that we haven't seen since 1933. Uh, Buffett is correctly anticipating the troubled economic waters are in the offing. The veteran economist and trader said, there is his statement. Um, oh, that's that was post tense. That That's what he said, that this all is going to fall apart. Goes on and says, Hanky says it's known. Uh, Buffett is known for serving as an, oh, Hanky himself. He's known, I'm going to tell you who this guy is. He's known for serving as advisor to President Ronald Reagan. Uh, Hanky said, don't forget, Buffett's made bigger bucks in the years past when these types of conditions occurred. We'll take a short break, come back and finish this conversation with Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Want to continue the conversation inside the community? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook. Stay up to date on upcoming events, market trends, member stories, featured podcasts, real estate wisdom, and more. You can even join us a couple of times a month as we go live with our case study events right on Facebook from the comfort of your home. Get online and get in the know. Turn listening on the radio into participating in the community. Like and follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today I am covering uh, what I covered last week in the four-day summit from Thursday to Sunday. And it's about the marketplace change that's going on right now in the first uh, segments of the show. Uh, I covered a lot of... Uh, details about it, but I'm going to go right into the rest of this article right here uh, for those of you who are listening along so we can get to it. The last three paragraphs of this five-page article, whatever, I think really sum it up pretty well. It says, Berkshire's boss, which is Buffett, will put his dry powder to work once the economy slumps, which is occurring now. Uh, don't forget that Buffett's made big bucks over the years by lending to and rescuing distressed financial institutions. He notes that while Buffett waits for the upcoming economic dislocation and stresses, he is being paid decent money. This next point is so relevant, guys. I just want you to listen to this carefully. It goes, 
Uh, Berkshire deployed $21 billion across five transactions in just 18 months during the financial crisis. When Buffett struck lucrative deals with Goldman Sachs, General Electric, Mars, Dow Chemical, and Swiss Re. So the point it's making is Buffett isn't going to go out there and just buy the market. When this stuff crashes, you go buy specific deals. The last time the market crashed in 2008, I bought five deals. It's, it's I'm not trying to say I'm buffing. I'm, I'm just saying it's so interesting to read this because I paralleled it. I picked the five best deals or worst scenarios, disasters I could buy at the lowest price, and I didn't care about what the rest of the market does, right? Well, because some people are still selling their properties at fairly realistic prices uh, because there's nothing wrong with them, and they're able to maintain them. And you go try to buy something that's not messed up, uh, they have no incentive to sell to you 50 cents on the dollar. But Buffett is going in and finding these companies that are in disastrous positions. And he can do something that really we don't do uh, because it's not wise to do. He can go in and just bolster the company up and say, if you'll give me a seat on the board or three or four seats on the board so we have some power to make the decisions, uh, we'll bring in, you know, Fifty, you know, five billion dollars or whatever to save your company, uh, but then we're gonna. The way they bring it is, they bolster the stock by buying up the stock at a at a, at a agreed to price, right? And everybody who has stock agrees to sell at that price, so he can come in. In real estate, it works differently. Than that what happens is we go in there and we say, look, we'll buy your problem out. You know, we'll get you out of this deal, and we'll buy it whether we buy it with a new loan at a very, very low price or whether we buy it all cash at a very, very low price uh, is going to be determined by the situation, right? But the last one here I think is really, really important, and I hope you don't get mad at me for me sharing this with you because I'm not sharing this with you to, to brag in any way, shape, or form, not to impress you in any way, but to impress upon you what really happens. Here's the last paragraph in the thing. Moreover, Berkshire earned over $4 billion in interest, dividends, and investment income last quarter. That's one quarter, 70% increase from the third quarter a year ago. Key driver was the Fed hiking its benchmark interest rate at nearly zero to north the 5%. So let me give you an example how that affects small investors. I've been saving up money for the last two years. I've been buying. I bought multiple properties, but I have not been buying as large or as fast as I could. And I've been sitting on my cash. But when I first started, the interest rates were about a third of a percent. And there were some that were maybe a half a percent. Now, my interest rates are 5%, five and a quarter, five and a half. And don't call me personally and ask me where these are. Just go on the Internet and look them up. These are not money market accounts. These are not treasury bills. These are flat online savings accounts. So my interest, and I just want you to hear this, went from $16,000 a month to $76,000 a month just on the interest sitting in my bank accounts. Now think about that. Why am I telling you this? Because money sitting in a bank account earning 5.5% interest is not that bad a deal. Now, when I go out here and take it out and go make 20% or 50% or 100% with it, I'll be willing to give up the 55 
But if I'm earning 5.5% in the bank, why would I go buy a deal that pays 5%? Why would I take that risk? It doesn't make any sense. Now, I did all this before I read this article about Buffett. I'm just telling you that. The guy sent me the article. I go, boy, that really articulates it well, what I'm trying to say. And you really have to understand this. When times are too good, when prices are too high, you need to stop buying. That doesn't mean you need to get out of the market, although we did a year ago send out an article or a statement to our members saying, you know, we're reading the market that the market is going to peak and crash. We recommend over the next year you get out of what we call your duds. Anything you don't like, the location, you don't like the, the, the deal you have, the terms you have on the deal, the price you have on the deal, anything you don't like, sell it. Get rid of it. Or just commonsensically, anything you don't think can ride out. You don't like your financing. Your financing isn't going to work long term if the market changes. If the interest rates go up, it's going to wipe you out. Get out of the deal. We sent that out over a year ago. And many, many people are thanking us. I mean, I get emails all the time thanking me, texts thanking me, people personally shaking my hand this weekend saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. I read that. I did it. I got out. Now I got out at the highest part of the market. I've got all my money in the bank, and I'm ready to follow you into these new deals. And that, my friends, is what we're all about. This is going to be blood in the street, and we are going to be buying it. Now, I want to go to the next article someone sent me today. Um, it's, it's called, and this was sent to me by a mortgage broker who had been there for four days as a backup uh, explaining, first of all, when I, I had him get up first and talk about the fact that this disastrous market was partially created by the fact that real estate brokers were lying about what the prices are and mortgage brokers were backing them up. And they were doing that by finding ways to create loans that didn't really make sense. And there's so many, the Fannie and Freddie Mac, the two largest institutional, or not institutional, I'm sorry, governmental-backed agencies, um, took a look at all these loans that are going bad now. And they figured out very quickly, it didn't take them any time at all to figure out that the high percentage of all these loans were being produced by mortgage brokers. Now, that's not a dust lender. A dust lender is a direct lender of Fannie Mae, right? That's what dust stands for, some other direct underwriting uh, something. But what they are is people that work and have the right hand of Fannie Mae to have the right to go ahead and look at your deal and say yes and buy your deal and institute that loan. Then Fannie Mae automatically buys it from them because they guarantee it. These mortgage brokers don't have the right to do that, so what they have to do is they have to sell you a loan, take the loan to the dust lender, and the dust lender then says, okay, I'll take this loan and back it and send it to Fannie Mae. Well, Fannie Mae has said, no more brokers. <laughs> no more brokers, man. Just every deal that's done through a broker has to go through a dust lender, and the dust lender has to guarantee it as if it's their own loan. Well, that means the broker is virtually useless now. And the broker adds an extra one-point override. Now, there's also, so you understand you're paying more to use a broker than a dust lender. And the dust lender is the only one that can make the decision anyway. And so that's why I had this guy get up and speak to let everybody know that because we have four dust lenders in our group that are, that we don't 
have any, we don't own them. They uh, are on our vendor program. And we have four people, four companies you could go to and get a direct dust lender. And we kicked out all the people that weren't dust lenders, including myself, which I have a mortgage company. And we elected not to do commercial loans anymore. Uh, way before we found out that all of this was going on, um, and that's just luck. I just I said, hey, you know what? The, the marketplace is not the right place to be signing for loans right now. Prices are too high. It's going to be a problem. Let's just wait and not do it. Well, now we're going to wait because they don't work. This entire article is just deep, deeply intense, good material. The first point I want to get to is that in the very first paragraph, they're saying it's not all about real estate guru memberships. Guys, my program is a real estate education and mentoring program. We teach people how to do this. But what they're really talking about is, and they're up here it says it, that there are influencers out there. They talk about it all through this article about influencers. So I'm going to name somebody like Grant Cardone, which he really spawned this whole world of influencers. Influencers are people on the Internet that don't have to know anything, don't have to have any credentials, don't have to have any track record at all. But because they're on the Internet all day long, every day, day after day after day with article, they're making people perceive that they're experts at what they do. These people, unlike... Our people, which come here, learn how to do real estate investing, and then real estate invest amongst themselves, who are all sophisticated people because they all understand what's going on. These people have no idea what's going on. They're using whatever limited amount of information they're able to get their hands on, much of it from people like Grant Cardone, who I've listened to his videos. And by the way, just so you know, I don't know Grant Cardone. I've never met Grant Cardone. I know a lot of people that do know Grant Cardone, uh, and none of them have anything good to say about him. But I don't know him personally, but I'll tell you everything I watch in videos is just hype. None of the facts that he uses to evaluate real estate deals make any sense at all to me. And, you know, I've got a lot of other people behind me that I've been teaching and or for years, 35 years I've been doing this. So the bottom line is, is that these guys, these um, influencers have got hundreds of billions of dollars of deals out there done. Now, what's even worse is when someone comes and gets education from me, and then they try to act like Grant, and they use my information to know enough to be able to say the right stuff to go out there and do deals like Grant Cardone says to do, which are completely opposite to the type of deals that I say to do. Grant says the larger the deal, the better. No, the larger the deal, the more fees for Grant Cardone and the people like him uh, that he has spawned. Larger the deal, much more risk, much harder to turn around. Unbelievable lie that the larger the deal is a better deal. No, the smaller the deals can get done really quick and easy, turned around with very high rates of return, and you can move on to the next deal, get your money back. You put your money in with him, you're stuck for 10 years, 15 years, who knows, and the rates of return are 4%, 5% at the most. I don't know what they are. I've seen people put it on the Internet. I'm getting it secondhand, so you ask him what they are. Or ask somebody who knows it. Bottom line is they're not enough. I would invest. None of my people that I know would invest with him, what do they go for? They go for his hype on how to get people to throw their money blindly into your deal so that you can do large deals and many of them and build yourself a massive amount of fees, management fees, acquisition fees, construction fees, resale fees, refinance fees. These guys and Grant included, live on the fees. I guarantee you, if you looked up, if he could, if he would actually give you the financials, and I doubt that he would ever do that, but if he would make it public, 
He's not living on the cash flow from these deals. He's living on the fees. The cash flow is very small because he's paid way too much for most of what he's paid, according to every person I've seen that is a partner with him writing up the deals on how they were produced. So the bottom line is, I don't know him. I'm not claiming to be right about him. I'm just saying he has, and I know this for a fact, spawned all these young influencers that think they know what they're doing when they don't, and they're out there putting these deals together that make no sense at all. And people like Arbor Realty Trust were funding them. And that's what I said. These people are being kicked out of the mortgage business and the rest of the world is starting to see the light. Remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.